welcome to Relationship Redefined. I'm your host, Alyssa Beth, a parent and relationship coach. As a coach, my focus is to guide you towards becoming aware, authentic, and aligned with your true self. Our outer relationships serve as mirrors reflecting our inner world. It is through this understanding that we can embark on a journey of self-discovery and alignment. On this podcast, we explore the profound connection between our inner selves and the relationships we form with others. With a focus on awareness, authenticity, and alignment, we dive into thought-provoking discussions and practical strategies to help you cultivate fulfilling relationships. Today, our special guest is Nami. She is a leader, a speaker, and executive coach. As CEO and founder of The Mind Quotient, Nami is partnering with other activists around the globe to teach others how to achieve high, high MQ. Thank you so much for being here today, Nami. Could you please you introduce so yourself? Yes. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Nami, and I am a former corporate executive who ha- is also a certified life and success coach. And I'm also the founder of The Mind Quotient, which is a mission-driven organization. Uh, and the mission of the organization is to establish the third quotient. So not intelligence quotient, IQ, not emotional quotient, EQ, but the third one, MQ, mind quotient which is mastery of your mind and focusing on mental well-being. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you coming on to our show. Um, I would love to hear how you got started in um, your life in success coaching. And if you could just tell us a little more about that. Yeah, sure. So I was working in corporate America for many years and I loved my job, but the part I loved the most about my job was uh, management, especially mentoring and training. Um, not only the people who worked on my teams, but anybody in the organization. And it was June, it was actually May of 2020. I turned 40 years old. And you know, I, I remember very clearly I was on a Zoom call with my friends and I was like, you know, everything is, seems to be going pretty well. But the one thing that's really missing is my purpose. I feel like I, I haven't uncovered it yet. And literally, I think it was the next day, uh, this email came across, have you considered becoming a life and success coach? And when I looked into it and I scheduled a meeting right away, I took it as a sign from the universe. And I learned that it's, you know, guiding people to find answers from within. Um, and it just resonated with me. And I enrolled in the school. I went to the Jay Shetty Certification School. And it was an eight month process. What I didn't know would that would happen along the way. I thought I was going to be learning coaching techniques. Little did I know I was going to embark on my own inner journey. And, you know, that the journey is continuous. It's a lifelong journey. <laughs> right. Um, <Yes>. and, <laughs> and it's been um, pretty amazing. And it while I was on this journey of healing and, you know, finding answers within, I did graduate from life coaching school, and then I actually still was struggling in certain areas. And that's actually when I discovered uh, that I have chronic PTSD. And then I went on a whole trauma healing journey. So it's been amazing. But the coaching really led to an amazing healing journey. And I know that's what you focus on. And I'm really happy to be here to share all about my healing journey. That is wonderful. And I'm, I'm happy that you're here as well. Um, what are some of the key strategies or techniques you use to heal from CPTSD? 
Oh gosh. Um, so it's it's interesting because the Mind Quotient, which is the name of um, the mission-driven organization, is actually focused on keeping your MQ high. And so um, what do I mean by that? It's really keeping my mental well-being in a very good space. And so that's somewhat what I do for um, dealing with trauma. I actually did undergo formal trauma therapy. I went to, um, I did over 80 weeks of EMDR. Um, for those who don't know, that's eye movement uh, desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Um, and it was very intense. And there was part of it that included parts work. Um, so, you know, any, I had, I had trauma from childhood all the way through adulthood. And what I was doing was um, reprocessing a lot of those memories. But one of the side effects of the trauma was that I had, um, develop these parts of myself. And when I, every time I was reprocessing certain traumatic events, I was also bringing those parts to present. And um, so that I'm talking a little bit more about like how the therapy actually worked. But now that, you know, I'm through the bulk of the therapy and I've reprocessed most of my um, traumatic events and times in my life, I have to um, really focus on keeping myself whole and centered. So I do a lot of mindset work. I do a lot to keep my mental well-being up, like such as um, meditation, journaling, movement every day, um, quieting my mind quite a bit, grounding every day. So those are some of the actual strategies that I use. But um, I mentioned those parts also, and some some of it is also making sure that I keep, you know, my parts integrated. And uh, I know for those who don't know, it seems sounds pretty technical, but, um, you know, the best analogy for it is that movie Inside Out. <laughs> that was actually a very help helpful movie because those are parts, anger, right. happy, joy, like things like that, fear. Those are actual um, parts of ourselves, like our, you know, become very distinct pieces of our personality. That is wonderful. And I love the analogy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is currently struggling with CPTSD and looking for ways to heal? Mm, that's a great question. You know, I I actually have done a little bit of trauma coaching um, for PTSD, not necessarily CPTSD. And I, I so I'm going to offer some advice that, you know, I gave them. Um, one of one thing that for sure I said is, if possible, seek out some type of formal trauma therapy. Um, there's many different kinds. Um, I'm familiar with some like EMDR that I mentioned, um, somatic therapy, parts work. There's others as well that I'm not even um, aware of. I also do healing key, which is really helpful. Um, but in in while you are thinking about formal therapy or while before you are able to start, because the other thing is, is that um, trauma therapists have gotten really busy and sometimes it's even hard to get in to see one or there might be financial restrictions around it because it is, it can be expensive if your insurance doesn't cover it. Um, so, so there are definitely some things that you can do. The number one thing to remember is that, um, trauma happens to you and it's an injury. It's not your identity. And being able to separate it is really helpful. So keeping that in mind um, can, can actually help with just the mindset around trauma. And then remembering that trauma 
is held in the body. So being very, very mindful about what is happening in your body when certain when you encounter such certain situations. So I think the most important thing for me, once I realized that I had CPTSD was um, just really becoming aware of my body and um, getting triggered. So, you know, the fight, flight or freeze, or, you know, there's many different words for a fight, fight, fawn, fawn. And, um, what I started to do was become aware of like where I was holding the trauma and then um, do a lot of like deep breathing techniques to get through it. Um, one of the very popular breathing techniques that I do every day, I um, encourage my children to do. Um, and uh, anybody pretty much who I come across, especially anybody who's experienced trauma is the in for four, hold for two, out for eight. Um, that stimulates the vagus nerve, the healing nerve. So I find that very helpful. Um, journaling can be helpful. Um, meditation could be difficult. Um, it may work for some, it doesn't work for everyone because one of the things that may happen when you sit in silence is it may, um, actually activate one of your parts. Um, and right. that might actually be counterintuitive to what you're trying to do, the healing. So, um, I think that, I'm speaking from my own experience. I don't ever share anything that didn't work for me, but of course, you know, everybody is different. And, um, and the, the number one thing though, that really, really, really helped me, um, you know, and helps me continues to help me is uh, giving myself grace because I used to be really hard on myself and those who are dealing with trauma actually maybe. And when I started to, you know, forgive myself for anything that I was holding on to in the past, as well as, you know, just starting to really be mindful of any negative self-talk or, you know, getting upset at myself or maybe getting triggered is and continues to be helpful. Um, I It's probably the hardest part, but if I had this guess, it's like one of the most important parts of he the healing process. Definitely. Self-compassion is like, it's one of the most difficult, but like you said, it is one of the most important. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's really hard. Um, I think it, and, and, you know, something that I'd like to say to your listeners is that, you know, give it time because it, it, I think it takes time to develop that muscle of self-compassion. Yes. Um, and, yes. and, you know, there's, it takes, and being patient with yourself, my gosh, this is the, the healing process. Um, in general, especially, um, you know, also including trauma can be very long and challenging and can, you know, will probably go on your whole life. But, um, you know, just being very patient with yourself and self-compassion is really, really important. Yes. Okay. Um, in your experience, what are some of the challenges people face in developing a balance between their mind quotient and the emotional quotient? Uh, yes. Um, so interesting. Um, emotional quotient is um, all about your emotions. And it's so important because emotions are signals. And they will tell you how to um, how you relate to others. They're telling you, you know, where your boundaries are, for example, if you're getting angry. And um, it's, you know, very important cues. Uh, I, I think it's really important in terms of engagement with others and also understanding yourself. Um, so, you know, it's truly a very important part of our, um, you know, development, our personal development. Um, and it's also very widely used professionally, um, especially as it relates to working with others. Um, mind question is the inside. So it's all the in inner work. It's everything to do with 
your mental well-being as well as your own uh, mastery of your mind. I think what um, a lot of people think that they are their mind, they don't realize that it's a separate thing. It's actually a tool. Um, It's a tool and it holds thoughts. And you, you can actually manage your mind. I don't want to say control because I try to stay away from that work, but you can manage the thoughts that you have and and decide which ones you want to attach yourself to or not. And when when you realize that you are not your thoughts um, and you don't have to attach them, uh, attach yourself to them, um, it can actually be very revolutionary for being able to get through some really tough times. Um, So the mind quotient actually um, came to me uh, in the middle of the pandemic, when um, it was somebody who um, was somehow associated with my family committed suicide, oh, and no. he was, and so, so, so I can get a little bit deeper into why, um, why the mind quotient. So this is somebody who had a very high IQ. Um, he was an, uh, he was a resident. He was a doctor, um, and he had a very high EQ. He was known as like the the life of the party. Everybody thought he was super friendly. Um, he he just had a lot of, um, you know, he was very emotionally aware um, and very in touch with his emotions and able to relate to others really well. Yet he committed suicide. And that's when the mind quotient came to me because, you know, in our coaching community at the time, I was actually in coaching school and, you know, People were not only surviving, they were thriving. And I said, you know, it's the, it's the other thing. It's the, it's the other part that we need to teach everyone. And we need to start using the same language because it's not your IQ. It's not your EQ, but it's the third one. It's your MQ because that's the one that's going to get yourself through the tough times. What happens that when people go to dark places, you're, you're spiraling, you've attached yourself right. to some dark thought. You can't bring yourself back. You don't know the tools to bring yourself back, such as, um, you know, being able to meditate, such as the deep breathing, such as um, going and grounding, such as being able to reach out for support. These are, you know, some tools that if we learn at a young age, um, or even as adults, what it actually, how to bring yourself back from the dark, then you will be able to thrive and you'll be able to realize that you are separate from your mind and you can master your mind. So that's really what it is. That is wonderful and very important because there are a lot of people who were not taught, you know, the simple tools, just the the simple tools like, um, like the grounding and a meditation and stuff and um my family dealt with the same thing um somebody who is very 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 bright and brilliant just suddenly killed himself and it was devastating and it was like um how could i have helped him for you know in in a way i mean you kind of go through that anyway you kind of go through the self-blame with something like that happens but of course um, tools to help you know so that you can help others that kind of helps bring things into balance, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you can't be without someone all the time, right? Like when you, those no. thoughts that come through and, you know, I, I was especially thinking like as a mother, I'm a mom of three and I kept thinking about, you know, that person's mother and, mm-hmm. you know, how devastating and gutting it is. And, and I, and I just kept thinking like, well, you can't be with your kids all the time. So what can you do? That is That's absolutely 
right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was pregnant with my son when my friend uh, killed himself and it was just crushing and terrifying because I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to protect my son from this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. It's, um, you know, so that's, what's one of the, so the mission is around this. And, um, you know, once you, are able to keep your MQ high, then you'll be able to thrive in all the situations. And then amazing things will happen, such as uncovering your purpose and unlocking your superpowers and, you know, unleashing like the person that you're meant to be, um, you know, for the world. So um, it's a, it's a mission and it's in progress. It's in development. So, um, you know, it's exciting to talk about. (laughs) I love it because you're essentially teaching resilience as well. Yeah, so that's wonderful. Resilience. And and we haven't, um, I didn't mention, but while you were talking, like gratitude is another really, really important tool. Um, you know, just having an outlook of appreciation and gratitude for um, what we have and who we have and how we connect and seeing the beauty in life. Um, you know, my kids have been gratitude journaling since they were young. Um, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And then, but these are the tools. So it's, um, you know, we're not, we're not amazing at it. You know, we definitely miss days and of course know, <laughs> I try to help them meditate and we miss those days, but, um, you know, it's, it's helpful to whatever extent. And the more that we can, um, you know, teach our kids and, you know, and do it with them, right. We model, we model for them. Like they see me meditate every day. It's not going to be surprising if they end up meditating every day because they see their mom doing it. Um, right. So modeling is really important. Yes, definitely. Uh, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners before we go? Um, I think just if anybody is finding, so one of the questions that your listeners may have is like, how do I actually know if I have trauma? And uh, so I'd love to just talk just for a minute about how I found out. I um, I was, a lot of my relationships um, were not going well. Um, and I just, and I, in, on the inside, I just didn't feel good. And even though, I, you know, my life might've actually looked picture perfect if somebody was, um, looking from the outside and didn't know me well, but I didn't feel good inside. And, um, you know, I think doing, and then the most important sign was that I would get triggered a lot. So something would happen and I would just react rather than respond. And so if you're somebody who's reacting a lot to uh, different situations differently, then potentially you may have um, some trauma that just needs healing. That is so true. And it's, that is actually (laughs) one of the the clearest signs is the react versus the response. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, thank you for, you know, bringing awareness to this topic, because I think it's really important. Well, thank you for uh, expanding on it. Um, Are there any links that we can share with our listeners so that they can reach out to you if they would like to? Yes, absolutely. So um, if you on Instagram, Twitter, all my social media is at Coach Nummy. was N-A-M-I. And um, my website is coach-nummy.com. Um, so you you can definitely locate me there. And um, yeah, please feel free to reach out or send me a direct message. I'd be happy to respond. Excellent. Thank you so very much for being with us today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much.